got a very special guest who's been in this booth a couple times back in the day, and uh, always just good to catch up with, uh, how about this, a 6-2 guard from Lees- Leesville, Louisiana, number 22, Casey Long. Casey, good to have you back, man. How you been, brother? <laughs> I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I think I remembered that you were from somewhere in North Carolina, though. Wasn't that part of the in- introduction? You know, it's funny. I, I, I grew up in Louisiana. I grew up in Leesville. And then I moved to North Carolina my junior, senior year, I believe it is. Okay. And so that's where I ended up finishing up before I got to Chattanooga. And what part of North Carolina was that? Fayetteville. 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 That's what I thought. Fayetteville, North Carolina, number twenty-two. Casey Long. <laughs> so tell tell the listeners and mock fans what you what you've been up to recently. You kind of started your career as a coach with uh, was it Will Wade when when he was here at Chattanooga? It's funny. I, I started my coaching career with Coach Schulman. Um, okay. He he came and got me back into it, and he asked me, you know, if I wanted to do it, and. You know, in the Coach Schulman way, he he spent it to make sure that, you know, it was a way that I was going to be convinced to do it. So Yeah, you can't I say no. Him. You can't say no to no, him, you right? <laughs> no, you can't say no, man. You can't say no to the legend. So uh, I got into it with him. He, uh, you know, after his first year, um, things didn't work out. And so I was able to, fortunate enough to be on with uh, Coach Wade. And then from there, uh, went to VCU with Coach Wade. Then ended up here at Murray State. And was able to do some special things since I've been here. This would be going on my fifth year here. And that's that's quite a long time for assistant coach. And uh, I know you've been proud of, of uh, Murray State, uh, of your work at Murray State and some of the accomplishments they've had. No, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate. And, you know, a lot of people obviously understand and know about John Moran. And, and I was fortunate able to coach him both years he was here. But I was also fortunate enough to be a part of you know three teams that won the league here. Um, a lot of our core group of guys returning. I was fortunate enough to uh, have uh, Rico White, who played at Chattanooga, who I coached as well, who yes. played there, come here and work with us. But I've been able to see a lot of good things here on, on the court, have good staff members join us. I know our head coach, McMahon, you know, he was at App State when we were here at Chattanooga. So um, he coached against me when I was a player. So I've, I've been fortunate to not only be around good people, but people that understand the history of the SOCON as well. Man, if that John Morant guy had Casey Long talent, he might be something one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, at least that's what I like to believe. <laughs> but he knows what he's doing, and he's doing it at a high level. And, and he's an unbelievable kid. And I've been able—I was, I was fortunate enough to coach him. But you know, to be around him and his family has, has been even special because they're just really good people. Really good people that do things the right way and try to take care of everybody around them in their circle and try to do right by everybody. So. Uh, I, I, like I said, I've been fortunate along my coaching journey, not only to meet people here, but also at VCU, and more importantly, being in, in my home school at Chattanooga. You know, I know we're going to uh, talk about Chris Paul here in a minute, but uh, you know, I think there's a parallel between Chris Paul and John Morant, and maybe not athletically right now, but as far as just being good people. Um, you know, it's, and when John ja was at uh, uh, you know in college, you could just see that. You could see that that's that's just a good dude. He's uh, obviously very talented, but he's doing things the right way off the court. And he always looked like he was having so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of fun playing because he he loves playing basketball. He loved everything about basketball. I mean, he, he's the same guy who not only was the rookie of the year and was going to the playoffs this year. He followed our season left and right. You know, he's the same guy that's following high school basketball to see the players that's around there. He just loves being around it. And 
You know, like they're very similar. Chris Paul and, and John are very similar because they're, they're point guards, not only on the court, but what they do is their leadership off the court, their leadership in the locker room, and how they uh, get people to surround them and be the best people they can be. You know, you, you understand the gravity of what they do at the point guard position and just as a person. So, like I said, it's a lot of similarities, you know, from the competitiveness, but off the court, man, they're just genuine people that want to see the best out of everybody, and it's really, it's a really good thing to see. Well, I'll tell you what, going back in the uh, Wayback Machine, we will tell you it was March 17th, 2005. You guys took on Wake Forest in Cleveland, Ohio, after winning the SOCON. And I believe at one point you actually had a, was it a halftime lead? And then they came to storm back? Oh, I mean, if you, if you ask me, the player, Casey, about it, the player, Casey, would say we, we had a two-point lead, um, Wake Forest got away with a travel. They hit a three at the end of the half, kind of hurt us, and then they kind of ran away there. And if that travel don't happen, I think we have a good game. But, you know, the coaching side of me now says, look, they had some really good players. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we were in a game that we were just trying to hold our own. Uh, and, you know, they had that, and I don't remember the whole team, but I think it was Chris Paul, Teron Downey, um, Eric Williams was in the middle. I mean, they were really good that year. I think they were Elite Eight team, I believe, or something like that. So, um, no, we, we were in that game, you know, it was a competitive game. We were able to, we played hard, you know, uh, I was fortunate I had good teammates like, you know, Ricky Hood, Chris Brown, Mendogas, Catalinas, Charles Anderson, you know, Dries Crouch, Steve Chair. I mean, a lot of the guys I'm still, I still talk to to this day, but we had a really good team that year and I thought we competed, but you know, they, they were really talented as well. And obviously they had a future Hall of Famer on the team with them. Yeah, 48 points after you guys had the three-point lead at halftime. They they scored 48 in the second half, and you guys could only muster up 27. Just talk about that going into that game. Everybody, once they win, once they punch their ticket, as the old phrase goes, everybody thinks we're going to win, especially for round one. There's no doubt about it. We're mm-hmm. They all know who Wake Forest is, but we're going to upset them. So I'm sure going in there, how much study was put on uh, on Chris Paul as far as you being in the opposite point guard? It, it was it was a lot because, you know, again, I had the luxury of playing against him in high school some, you know, because he was at West Forsyth. I was at 71st. They were across the state. I was on the other side of the state. But it was a lot of summer games in which our high schools played against each other. And, and AAU-wise, we played against each other a ton. So he was so completely I, I, on your map. I mean, completely. Yeah, yeah. You know, going into the game, you know, we, had, we, we won the championship in Chattanooga at the Roundhouse. And so for us, we were riding all-time high because – we were able to get back, and that was Coach Schulman's first year in coaching, and we were able to do some special things for him in the conference. And so to win it on our home court and then go to the tournament, our emotions were high. Um, you know, we had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, and we felt going into the game we had the game plan in which we can hopefully sustain, sustain in the game but also win it. But, you know, the thing about Chris Paul that year, he, he, he was – he wasn't the biggest point guard on earth, but he was the most competitive, one of the most competitive players in the nation that year. So we knew going into the game he had to be a factor, but they had such a good team. You know, you know, Teron Downey was really good, and Eric Williams was really good, and they had a lot of – and Justin Gray, I believe, was on that team as well. Yeah, he was. Head coach of West Carolina. And, and so they had a really good team. He was a key focal point because you couldn't let him spray assist out everywhere from what I remember. But that, that's, the, that's the most difficult thing when you're playing against – you know, pros, you, you got to be sure that you limit them and, and you got to make timely shots and make big plays. And, you know, that was the one thing we tried to focus on going into that game was, was trying to max out our opportunity and make the plays we need to make to, to, to get the crowd on our side. 
Well, he ended up with 20 points uh, and led the uh, Wake Forest in scoring. So, did you think he'd have the lengthy NBA career that he has had? You know, it's interesting. Um, I never thought about how long he can play. You know, I've watched him at various stops in New Orleans with the Clippers and, and everywhere else he's been. And you really don't know the longevity of a point guard at that size, especially in the NBA nowadays, which is, you know, a 3 and D league. Point guards are more shoot than pass. And they're doing various things. And everybody brings the ball to court right now in the NBA. It's positionless basketball. Sure. But the one thing that, that you don't account for, especially with somebody like him, is the competitiveness, the leadership ability, and also the ability to adjust his game to fit what his team needs. And so, you know, the case in point that I've always said that, that let me know more importantly that he was going to have a chance to do some special things, and I was hoping that he got to this point, was really in Oklahoma City. You know, he got there, and they, 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 they shipped out a lot of people, and he, he, he got to a team in which they were their expectations was to build for the future. And he changed the whole narrative by getting the team to the playoffs with other good players, obviously. But his leadership in doing that and him keeping that chip on his shoulder, what that allowed and taught, taught me and others is, you know, he, he's, a, he's a real basketball player, not just somebody that plays basketball. And now you're just seeing the, the fruits of his labor getting with the team like Phoenix, with Coach Williams and the surrounding pieces to where he's able to basically showcase not only his ability as a player, but like I said, as a leader. And I'm really excited and I've been very happy to see the journey because you know, always think in life you get what you earn. And he's earned the right to be at this point through various injuries and, and things that he went through. And he didn't complain a ton. He just kept his head down and he kept adjusting, kept adjusting, kept playing. And, you know, now now we're witnessing that. So uh, I, I knew he had a chance to be special, but uh, I think now he, he solidified himself as a Hall of Famer and a great one. Yeah, no doubt about that. And you know, he should have had a, a title with the Rockets when he went out with that hamstring uh, injury. And yeah, you're right. yeah, so he about should have had one there. But uh, unfortunately, injuries do happen. Now, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I don't know if you you've seen this. Uh, this was, I forget if it was game two or game three in the in this series that's going on now. But it was Monty Williams talking to DeAndre Ayton on the sideline, and it's kind of giving him some constructive criticism, but also saying, "Come on, man, you can do it. You know, you can do it." And I love uh, what Monty Williams said after the bubble experience. You know, he said, "You guys put the NBA on notice that you got you got something here," and I've just loved everything he's he's done uh, since he's been with the Suns. And just just your thoughts on him, and what do you? I mean, I know. Coaching's got to be difficult. First of all, you got to have the knowledge, and you do. But having to deal with each individual personality and knowing how to relate to those that that personality's got to be difficult. And that's I'm sure that's a feeling out experience. You know, you know what's interesting is like you learn from coaches. You learn from coaches that's been through some things, hardships, ups and downs, and you learn from coaches that's been successful. And I think one of the things about Coach Williams that stands out to me more than anything is he, he's even kill. He's the same person whether they win or lose. And what that does is gives his team a sense of comfort that they can rely on him to be who he is, whether it's in the storm or whether it's sh- uh, sunny outside. And as a coach, you know, you know, at least being in this position, when you transition from a player to a coach, you know, one thing that I've learned is, is you know, as a coach, you got to be relied upon to, to wear a lot of different hats, you know, 
Sometimes you got to be coach. Sometimes you got to be mentor. Sometimes you got to be a brother. Sometimes you got to be a father figure. Sometimes you got to be somebody that's just a sounding board. And the ability to adjust to not only different people, but also different players, different styles of players, different ups and downs is what make you what makes you a better coach. And I've learned a lot from Coach Williams because one thing I try to do is I try to be consistent as a coach because you know he's he has opportunity to, to coach in the finals and. It's not something I'm sure it's something that was overall goal for him, but at the same time, it's not something that that he rested his hat on every night. If we don't get here, at the end of the world, you know, he always yeah. he's preached more. It's more to do, and I always feel like that with the team I've coached and players I've coached. Is, you know, just be the best person you can be and be the best player you can be and make the team the best you can be. The results are the results, but if you give everything you have, you know. There's nothing else you can uh, worry about and know of stress. You've got to be able to not only you know, be consistent, but you've got to be who you are at all times. And as a coach, if you're able to do that, you'll not only get the most out of your players, they'll respond to you and respect you. And I think that's one of the things he's shown um, throughout his playoffs and through these championships, and it's something I'm trying to learn from him every day. Man, well said, Casey. Yeah. Talking with Casey Long, of course, former Chattanooga mock guard, and uh, played against Chris Paul in the uh, 2005 NCAA tournament when Chris was at Wake Forest. So are you pulling for Chris Paul because you've known him for so long back in your high school days, or maybe you know other coaches and players on Milwaukee? I mean, what's what's where, where, are, your, where are your loyalties lying this, this, this week? Uh, I'm just a happy fan because <laughs> it's crazy, crazy the story this is. So, you know, I, I played against Chris Paul for my years you know, moving to North Carolina. But I've also played against P.J. Tucker. And it, it, I, he was actually in our all-star game when we played against Chris Paul in the East-West game back in the day. Chris Paul's on the West, and me and P.J. Tucker were on the East team. I watched them play AAU basketball together. And when we played against them, we always played against them with other players in AAU. So, you know, me as, as, as a spectator and a fan, I'm just happy to see two guys that have known each other since, you know, early years of the middle school to high school who've been playing against each other all their lives, they're having an the opportunity to play against each other and, in the finals. And so, yeah, of course I would love Chris Paul to win it, but if P.J. wins, I'd be just as happy. And I just feel like it, it's great because they're older guys. You know, like we graduated in 2003, which seems like eons ago. But to see them have the longevity in their career and the sacrifices they've made and the adjustments they've made to not only be able to play in today's game of basketball, but also have success at a high rate in today's game of basketball is something I've been astonished at. So I'm sitting that back as a casual fan and just enjoying the moment because this is rare that it happens. Normally, you know, everybody gets the stars they want to see, this and the other. And in my eyes, these are stars playing in the NBA and playing in the championship. But as a fan, it's a high sense of appreciation because you, you rarely see this opportunity of guys you've seen as a young kid, played with as a young kid, now an NBA final playing against each other. That's pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Uh, tell Mox fans and listeners out there, you got to uh, give uh, give a shout out to your family. I know you got a lovely wife and is it one daughter? What's what's the story? I, I have two daughters. My wife Crochet, um, whom I met at Chattanooga. My my firstborn Catalina was born in Chattanooga when I coached there. My okay. secondborn Camila was born here in Murray. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative of my family because they've been able, you know, as a coach not easy to be a coach's wife because a lot of times while we're on the road recruiting at the road games all over the nation they're at home holding down the fort so um, I'm very appreciative of my loving wife and very appreciative of the opportunity to, uh, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity not only to 
play at Chattanooga to coach at Chattanooga because those were some of the best years of my life, and that's a place I will always call home. Um, I'm appreciative of Coach Shulman, Coach uh, Wade, to give me opportunity, um, and all the people in Chattanooga that, that took me in and, and made it a home for me and treated me like family. And that's something, you know, I, I try to tell our players of what it should feel, feel like, but I was able to experience and leave with no regrets. So I'm, a, I'm appreciative of the people of Chattanooga, my family, and just thankful for the opportunity to, to have this chance to speak with you guys. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I've done something right in my Chattanooga career where people remember me, but, you know, I'm thankful <laughs> to, for, for having me, to be on the phone with you guys. Hey, man, it's getting the NCAA pleasure. tournament will always keep uh, Mox fans, uh, <laughs> your, your memory alive for that. And, man, I'm, let me say this. You've been a class act since the first day you walked on campus down here, and you continue to do so. So go represent us uh, well like you have been, and we just appreciate your time, man. Continued success to you. No, no, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And like I always say, go Mox, wherever I am at. That a baby. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, Kay- man. Appreciate the time, Casey. Thank you, guys. All right, man, you got it. Awesome. Casey Long, there you go, former guard for the Chattanooga Mox and all-around great, great guy. guy. Great guy, Absolutely man. Absolutely great guy.